There is nowhere on earth that crackles with the atmosphere of British Empire like New Delhi. The British may have fled the subcontinent many decades ago, but you can still feel the influence of the largest empire in human history in the city which was designated India's capital by the British, in the place of Calcutta, now Kolkata, in 1931. You can sense it in the streets, the uptight diagonals and preternaturally tidy but scorched patches of lawn sitting in contrast to the chaos of Old Delhi, with its winding, narrow roads, some accessible only on foot. You can divine it in Parliament House, which, designed by the British architects Edwin Lutyens and Herbert Baker in the classical style, mostly ignores Indian architecture, except for the occasional nod to its context in its decoration. You can almost smell it around the bungalows that Indians invented as a form, but the British embraced as a colonial idea, scattering them on tree-lined roads in what is known as the Lutyens Bungalow Zone. It's a 7,000-acre area originally established to house government officials, the colonnaded verandas offering imperial administrators somewhere to cool down, somewhere to take refreshments, and somewhere to maintain, in the paranoid colonial way, surveillance. The mood even seeps into Old Delhi, where the Maidens Hotel, my home for half a week in the middle of a series of international research trips, tracing the legacies of British imperialism, doesn't seem to have got the memo that empire ended at all. Established in 1903 by an Englishman, but now run by the Indian Oberoi chain of luxury properties, its website talks proudly about how it offers a journey back in time. The welcome letter in my room waxes lyrical about how the hotel retains its original 19th century colonial charm and architecture. I've seen British colonialism described in all sorts of ways, but never charming. One of the hotel restaurants is called the Curzon Room, after one of the viceroys who exercised authority in India on behalf of the British sovereign. And it all goes down curiously well with a clientele that consists of a mix of Indian and European guests. One of its many rave online reviews declaring that it is one of the nicest hotels brings you back to the colonial British time. It's a surreal place to base myself for my tour examining the international influence of British Empire, not least because there are also few places on earth in the 21st century more committed to the task of decolonization than New and Old Delhi, or what, when combined, India calls its National Capital Territory. I'm not just thinking here of Coronation Park, the 52-acre plot which was once the site of the grandest imperial spectacles, including the Delhi Darbars, but has in recent decades become the dumping ground for the unwanted statues of British imperialists, and now, having been cleaned up, is home to only a handful of viceroys and monarchs. I'm thinking of Hindu nationalist Prime Minister Narendra Modi's claim in 2014 that India had been troubled by... 1,200 years of slave mentality. He combined British rule with preceding periods of Mughal Muslim rule in his definition of colonialism, and of his efforts to delete all things colonial since. These decolonization efforts have included redeveloping the capital's parliament in a $1.8 billion initiative, replacing the building opened by the British in 1927 with one dreamed up by Indian architect Bimal Patel. The two parliament buildings face each other, 
but on the day I visit, the smog caused by Delhi's intense pollution is such that you can barely make out the edges of one building when standing next to the other. New Parliament House is not quite complete, but there has already been an opening ceremony when Modi unveiled a 28-foot-tall statue of the militant Indian independence figure Subhash Chandra Bose near the India Gate Memorial, where the statue of the British monarch George V once stood.